You're listening to Making a Living Show. I'm Roby Levy. I'm Matthew Daler, and I paint murals for a living, and I am faculty at the Art Academy of Cincinnati. Before talking with Matthew Daler, my knowledge of Cincinnati consisted of four letters, WKRP. Turns out it's home to a thriving art scene, a respected arts college, and Matthew's company, Chroma Projects, which makes large-scale murals and installations. Cincinnati is also considered the capital of the beanbag tossing game, Cornhole, which isn't relevant, but I thought was pretty funny. Here's my chat with Matthew Daler. Who are you and what do you make for a living? Hey, uh, well, I'm Matthew Daler, uh, and I was born and raised in Hamilton, Ontario. Uh, <laughs> I went to Westdale High School. It's kind of where we, we sort of met, even though we knew each other before that. And uh, I'm a college professor at the Art Academy of Cincinnati, uh, where I run the print media program. So printmaking of all shapes and sizes, uh, screen printing, lithography, and etching, um, as well as contemporary means, you know, digital printmaking, and any other way that students can figure out how to make a print. Uh, and then uh, I own a mural company, um, and I produce interior and exterior murals for small clients all the way up to large corporations. All right, I'm going to roll this all the way back here because you've got a lot on the go, and I'm not even sure I know what a print actually is. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we're a going, print. Uh, yeah. So like screen prints, like you know, we're wearing a print on a T-shirt. Most things have a sort of print. So basically, ink transferring to paper <laughs> in some sort of way and it can be done in a photographic way or it can be done like like a woodcut or linoleum or uh, uh, copper or zinc plates there's just so many different ways that prints can be made um, you know you can ink up yourself and make a print <laughs> so like this is like really an endless endless means to to how a print can be done well and prints are made usually by layering colors on top of each other right for sure yeah they could be one color or layers uh and it really it's a process-based thing you know so like you have an image and then you like create that thing over a bunch of steps uh so that's that's kind of what got me into into printmaking was like i'm into making things that have a bunch of steps i guess as opposed to like have blank canvas figure out what to do with it but it's like no you figure out i have this image and now i want to create a hundred of them. <laughs> so you and I met in high school. We were in a theater group and we played all over Hamilton. And We went to the first Dead Show together. It started to steamroll the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's, so we met all that time ago. And back then, I remember you certainly were sketching, you were painting. And then you got, you know, as we got through high school and got to closer to the end, you were doing large scale murals, like, but painting, you weren't doing yeah, like prints. Set design movie. stuff. Like that was more of like where it came from, like really with your brother, you know, yeah, like you were both we were, like, designing things. Yeah. We were designing things and we were like, and, you know, because of my dad having that theater outlet, there was always giant canvases of like, let's do something for a, for this show or whatever. Like even in high, yeah. So high school backdrops and stuff and whatever. So those were some of the first things that I kind of got interested in. And then like, you know, my dad was also taking kids to New York, you know, on theater trips and stuff. And even before I was in high school, I got to kind of do those things. So seeing like graffiti in New York in the early eighties and stuff like that was like, I was like, hmm, what is this? But like realizing how impactful, you know, without necessarily doing graffiti, but impactful of like giant color outside, you know, on walls or trains or wherever. And I was always just like, wow, like, let's 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 do the theater way <laughs> you know like let's let's paint a mural at school instead of outside or whatever and i don't know those were just kind of like looking back those were like the things that influenced me i think the most was like the theater the production of it and then like these minuscule little trips that 
that, you know, without me thinking about murals were like about that. That's where you got your first taste of it was on, on yeah, this like trip. My first taste of like, Ooh, like color outlines, you know, these are all things that are based in print and, you know, layering of print. Yeah. I paint like a print, like a print as well, you know, like a layer color and so on and so forth. So you've always done it that way. Like that's how you started. I always was- have done it that way too. And it's, it's kind of funny because a lot of my friends that are like real academic painters are always like, look at me sideways because of the way I like sort of construct something, but like, that's, that's just my way of doing it. You know, it's not necessarily this other way of doing it. <laughs> but how did you develop that? Cause I mean, I'm imagining the first time you saw a great big painting on wall, big, bold colors, um, and obviously some sort of message abstract yeah. or otherwise coming across. I'm assuming you grab a paintbrush and you start slapping paint on a wall I, is your first I, thing. I, no? I totally didn't at all. In fact, I did it backwards. I, I drew with a pencil <laughs> on the wall. Yeah, I know it was super weird. So I was making these like, so in print, in, my prints are made up of like a series of dots, right? Like, and so I would like do all these, I would make drawings in graduate school. I made all these pen and ink drawings that looked like prints. They were just like stippling, if you will call it lack of a better word, just like little marks. Um, and then like in undergraduate, I would do those little marks on a metal plate and then ink it up. So it was just like this mark making. And then, and then in my studio, I was like, oh, someone said, oh, you can draw this on this wall here. And I was like, well, I don't, what am I going to draw it with? Like, so I took a pencil and I did little marks on the wall. And then I was like, oh, this is cool. And so then I started doing like self-portraits in pencil on the wall. Life-size, small? Like what, what are the, what's the scale uh, like, of Yeah, life-size, like literally as if I was there, standing there. And then I started adding like colored shapes to these things. And those colored shapes were like painted. So I'd like draw with a pencil and then I would paint a shape. And then that's like really where it's sort of snowballed from there. And then like literally a theater, this is how I started painting murals. So I was like doing the pencil drawings on the wall in galleries. Cause I was all thinking like, I thought like, that's how you made art. It was like, you made it in a gallery and in a museum. Like those were my only goals. Like I didn't think about community-based projects or anything at that point i was just being that snooty like <laughs> my art goes in a museum which is a load of shit really if you think about it but this theater next door to the school i teach at was like hey we want to do a mural on this wall um why don't you do it and i was like well i don't know how to paint a big mural and it was like literally the side of the building and so i was all like hmm, i don't know and i was hanging out with all these like artist dudes friends and they were like oh you should meet my friend so-and-so and so-and-so and And they were like graffiti writers and i was like cool so like i met these two graffiti writers local graffiti writers and befriended them and i was like hey like do you guys want to help me paint this mural and they were like fuck yeah of course they were like they were all down to paint big and i was all like painting small so we all came together and like put this design together and painted this mural and like literally that's kind of like started the business like i started working with these other dudes who we've now all gone off and done separate things and now all have our own businesses but like we all kind of started together they were painting graffiti and i was doing printmaking and i was just like networking really hard like in the art game so that's that sort of began began the beginning of like collecting opportunities we painted a giant wall outside and people were like what's that and then we're just like hey come and do my wall, come and do this or like, you know? And so then that theater, we repeated painting that wall over and over and over again for the next 10 years. Every year, a new project. Every year we would paint over it and do it again. And so it became this thing that just like 
built momentum. And then in between painting those giant murals, we would go off and do smaller projects that people would, you know, come at us for, for painting this big one, you know? Right. So maybe for their businesses or for their uh, endeavors, their messages. Yeah. Totally. And like really not what I had planned. Like I hadn't planned to paint murals. Well, what had you planned on doing? What was the gallery artist, you know, like teaching college, being a college professor and working in my studio, like, you know, just like that, my visions of what I wanted to be as an artist was like, like that, like your science professor that just works in the research lab and develops the cures for everything. And that's all they do their whole (laughs) life. They grow giant eyebrows and they learn all this. (laughs) They just nerd right out. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to be this college professor. And I teach at this school and I have access to all my, any equipment that I want to use. And I'm just going to make art, show it in galleries and museums. but dude, I like the broke is a joke. Like college professors don't pay, get paid, you know, like it's, you get paid, you know, barely a living wage. Are you a full-time professor? I am a full-time faculty member. It took me a hot minute to navigate that world. I was adjunct for, I was like a full-time adjunct is what they kind of call it. So like you're basically teaching a full course load, but for adjunct pay, it's actually very illegal in Lovely. the U.S. Yeah. now, but um, just in terms of like that, because you don't you don't get benefits when you're you're at that stage. So you're like literally teaching full time that amount of course load, but you're not getting benefits. So, but now now I am full time. I run the program, so it is better. Of course, um, we don't have things like tenure, which sometimes they do in you know larger universities, which really doesn't exist. So there I was, just like yeah, I'm gonna be a gallery artist and not and failing at. It. You know, like failing at it because why? Because the type of art you were doing was not going to find its way into a gallery because you've shown in galleries. Both. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. I've shown in galleries in a bunch of different places. But I think like that that world is just it, it's so insular and somewhat fictitious on the outside. You know, uh, it's like the NBA, you know, it's like it looks appealing when you're in high school, like, yo, I'm going to make the NBA. But then when you realize the odds of actually making it into the NBA, it's like literally no different than um, the odds of like making it in the gallery art world. Like it's who, you know, where you're positioned, like what you're doing and all those types of things. And like, here I am like eating Snickers broke as a joke, making self portraits in Cincinnati, Ohio, um, wishing to show in New York and Berlin and those types of places. Like it just, the disconnect was <laughs> it was pretty large you know, like, yeah yeah and like even though there was the internet and like whatever else like you know i just you know i encourage my students if anything to like you want to go do those things like go to those places you know like <laughs> you're into anime like great like what are you doing in the midwest like <laughs> go, you know go where those things exist yeah or whatever you know and so like murals exist everywhere and my teaching existed here and Cincinnati is like really thriving in terms of like bringing in urban other artists to create murals in Cincinnati. Uh, they have a huge mural program that I, I actually wasn't involved with, but like work parallel with. Um, so there's just tons of resources. So yeah, like it, I was that shifted gears and then it became where I was like, I don't have time to be in my studio doing this like sort of self-reflective work about the world outside. I was like approached by, restaurants and whatever to paint murals and so i was like taking my art you know philosophy and applying it to painting murals i guess is is, is that what chroma projects is 100 percent. that's what chroma projects yeah that's the commercial side of your art business 
yeah, that that is the art these days. Even though I do maintain that personal Matthew Daler website, um, most of those things are sort of asides. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to. Um, They're personal explorations more so than yeah, yeah, like painting the deadheads and putting them out on the street. Like that's just like a thing I like to do when I'm on tour. Like I'll take my friends and do a wee pace and like run around at night, and go and put them up and like pretend, you know, on that sort of like renegade tip or whatever. But, uh, or, or, or like someone asked me to do an interesting project that's maybe not so um, uh, commercially focused, but I, I've really ch- kind of lumped some of that stuff into, into Chroma projects. Like any of those things I did with like bunk news and things like that, those were like gallery settings, you know? I think more now with like the evolution of promo projects that it's, 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 it is the art, it is the design, it's all of it. Um, but I, but I collaborate with other people. And so like those projects are like, it's, it's bigger than just me. So who are the kinds of people that you are collaborating with when you're making one of these? Like how is, how is one of these projects coming into being? So uh, it, they can come from various angles. Like I work with uh, a number of architecture firms or um, design houses or, um, experiential marketing firms um this firm i work real closely with here in cincinnati called agar they they do all kinds of different um marketing strategies or uh events and and they've sort of like enabled me to do cool things like they have an event they're like oh let's get him to paint live or design some product that gets to be given away or you know do a print to all the way to you know they're they're outfitting um an office for a client and this is perfect. Like he can come in and paint this mural, you know, office. So just so many different outlets. I don't know. Like I think with the rise in popularity of things like graffiti and street art, which I keep very separate, the type of thing that I do is, is more wanted. And I think if you can do it professionally and sort of separate yourself from the rest, then, then I think more people want it. I've been really lucky. Separate yourself in what way though? Like separate yourself, in other words, from competition or separate yourself from the art of it? Both. Like separating yourself from the art of it and not like getting your feelings hurt when the client isn't into what you produce for them in the design stage because like that's just not what they want. Um, That doesn't mean they don't like you or they don't like your art. Yeah, you hear this all the time. You need to have a thick skin when you're working with clients and commissions. For sure, for sure just because they don't like idea a doesn't mean they don't like your body of work or for that matter, as you're saying yourself, right? Like they reached out to you for a reason, you know, for me, it's like all about relationships, right? Like when you build those relationships with people, they'll come back to you for those things, you know? And so I just like, I started not getting hung up on like, well, this is has to look like this or it has to be like this. Like as much as I can push it, I'll push it. (laughs) And, and until like, if they want to, the client wants to like rein it in more towards them, like cool, like they're they're paying for it. Well, that's part of the conversation. You're still collaborating with your client. Oh, a hundred percent. And like a lot of times they're like, Yeah, I want you to just do whatever you want to do. And I'm like, Well, what is that? Like, what do I want to do? I want to paint a mural, but I want to paint a mural that's gonna like work for your space. Like you don't just be like, like have a have a gym and be like, paint whatever you want. I'm like, well, <laughs> paint a bunch of fat people on your wall, like are you gonna be stoked? You know? Like, <laughs> So tell me, where where are these ideas coming from? Is, is there usually a guiding light to any of these projects? Yes, there's always a guiding light. I mean, aesthetically, I'm into certain things. I like to paint people. I like bright colors. I like interesting graphic design. I love print textures. 
Um, so those are like components of things that I'm interested in. When I say print textures, like mechanical things, like halftone dots or like, you know, things like that. Those are the things I'm interested in, you know, like as, as an artist, you know, I love, if you want to talk about like type of people, well, like I love Renaissance paintings, you know, but I don't necessarily want my art to look like that, but I love that type of thing, you know? So I think I, I have like a toolkit and I can pull from that toolkit. And if I don't have those tools, that's where the collaboration comes in. In terms of other artists coming on board. Sure. Yeah. Like this, this, this client wants, like they want it to be illustrated. Well, I don't illustrate, like, I don't, you know, like draw characters or something, you know, but like I have a pool of people that I know that can do that and do it awesome. So then I'll like bring them aboard. How do you work with them? Do you, do you direct where, where you give them? Definitely. A- it's definitely in an, in an, in an art directed way. And, and so that's sort of how I like try to, maintain some level of quality control for myself or like to, to make sure that my, the product that I put out there has a, a standard so that people know they're like, well, that's sick. Who did that? And they're like, Oh, you know, Chrome projects did that. And they're like, Oh, that makes sense. Or, you know, we've worked with these people before. So like check them out or whatever, as opposed to the quality variations, you know, that can sort of happen. Right. You don't, you don't just farm out the, the piece. This is still has your, it, for Stand sure, even if, even if I don't even touch it in with like a brush, um, there's steps that you have to get to that point to do that. And so like, I want to put the right players together that are going to get those steps accomplished, right? Of course, I always want to paint, but there's just sometimes when it just doesn't work out. So mostly you're operating then as a single person, as you, as the artist, as the lead, and then you're bringing on people as need be per project and you, you, you may even outsource at different times, but you still have your, your, your hands in the pie. You're still for sure. There. For sure. Yeah. Like this, this recent project that I just finished doing was huge. Like this office wanted final wall coverings. They wanted murals. Um, but the graphic language or the design language was all the same across the board. So like I worked with my friends who um, own a design firm and screen printing company who are just like my go-to dudes at powerhouse factories in Newport, Kentucky. And, so like we worked collaboratively on the design, coming up with the language, like we hired an illustrator. So it's like all those components put together in the pot created the graphics for this entire facility that then I facilitate the installation of that stuff. So so what's the toughest thing about working with clients this way, with partners and collaborators this way? What What's hard about this? Juggling all the chefs in the kitchen. <laughs> is it personalities is it ideas is it uh, i think it's ideas but i try to choose people that we have a common goal for like making really you know interesting dope shit that challenges us as well so like i try to set it up to work with people that like we're not going to give up on it you know we're going to work it out like in working with these powerhouse dudes on this project like we did a whole design phase that they were just like eh you know, and then we like had to go back to the drawing board. Like, I don't want a team that's just going to be like, oh, uh, you know, bummer and kind of give up on that. You know, like I knew like we were, to, we were going to see it through no matter what, like just because, you know, we want to, we want to dot the I's and cross the T's, you know, make it right. I don't know. I just know so many artists and you just know who clicks and who's going to work right. And then, and that, that way through collaborating, you're not like, it can get, old if you work with the same people all the time and this way it's like my responsibility to choose who i want to bring in 
and work with. And if that doesn't work, well, that's on me. <laughs> you know, right? As the curator of the yeah, people yeah, who yeah. Are, like if it doesn't yeah. work, it goes back to me, and it's up to me to figure it out. So, how do you go about getting clients? How do you market yourself? Well, like I said, man, it's really weird. Like that that theater mural, like really started a crazy snowball of things. Um, and I know that's like ten years ago, but I don't necessarily like beat down the email trail or start pounding on people's doors. Like I've been lucky enough that like one has led to another. And I've also had some like really consistent clients that have stayed with me to kind of be like the bread and butter. So um, I do a lot of school painting, like painting inside of academic institutions, like classrooms. With students? Uh, no, more, no, like when it comes to the painting, I try to only use like painters, people that know how to do it, as opposed to it being a a learning experience of like, Hey, I'm going to bring you on. We're going to like paint this orange, paint this red, like, you know, do that kind of thing, which there, there is companies that do that. And I just like would rather let them stick to that. Right. You that's, leave your teaching my, to your teaching. And yeah. It's not like the ethos of what I'm trying to do. Like, like I don't, I don't want to paint something for eight weeks and be a teacher. I want to paint like something in eight weeks and make it sick. And, you know, get paid and like, you know, move on and like not have the hangups. Like I want to enjoy it. Like, cause I love doing it. I don't, I'm not saying I don't love teaching or like working with the kids. I just, I just try to keep that stuff separate, you know? So yeah, it literally was a snowball, you know? So like painting those murals outside, got a, got a school board really interested in us painting some themed classrooms. We painted like five themed classrooms in a summer and that's carried on to this day. So the school boards are having you back or you're getting more and more school boards on board both <laughs> so like school boards are, are have inviting me back uh one of my clients like was in one school district and moved to another and then they brought me along so that like split me into two um and that, and now i'm like working with like um architecture firms that build schools so i've, been, I've painted enough within schools that other things have taken notice or or teachers move and in academics people move around you know you have the people that stay there like 30, 40 years, but like, then you also have the principals that are trying to move up in the world and become superintendents or whatever. And so they, and then they just, they just reach back out, you know, um, like literally over a hundred spaces in schools over the last 10 years. So why is it schools are, are commissioning this type of art? Because in America, we're all about like STEM or STEAM, you know, science, technology, engineering, math for STEM. and then some throw in the A for steam and make it, you know, throw in the art. So they're all about um, sort of engaging learning through music and art as a way of, you know, keeping kids interested, right? Like schools look like jails, man. You know, they're like concrete cinder block walls, no windows, usually painted super shitty, like drab colors, you know, or, or, horrible like bright school colors you know like the fucking hallways like yellow <laughs> with beige tiles and you're just like god like what is this it just looks it looks horrible you know just institutional and then like i don't know you go into a classroom and paint some like dr seuss or you paint some scenery or turn it into a, a science classroom into a jungle or um you know, paint Einstein here or, or, you know, just like real teaching moments, quotes, you know, things like that. Like, yeah. Some of these schools down here have like 
had really amazing graduates that have went to them or whatever. And, and that's where it's like, I just love my research. Like I've painted Einstein probably like 10 times. I've painted Martin Luther King like 10 times, you know, like, but I love that. I love that. I'll, I'll paint him 10 more times, you know, if it means that kids are going to look at it and learn from it. You've painted Martin Luther King multiple times or Einstein multiple times. What are you doing different? Is, is every project different? How are you finding a way to keep those interesting? I mean, I just try to mix it up. Like I'm influenced all the time and change it up. And like, I'll, I'll work with that teacher. Like, what are they interested in? Like when it's different, like I might paint them blue and tones of blue in one room because that teacher wants like the, the fitting for that room is that, Oh, I'm going to paint it like blue and purple. And so like everything in that room is blue and purple. Or I'm going to paint them grayscale and black and white here. Or I'm going to colorize them here and paint them brown, like use skin tones and whatever else, you know? So yeah, you just switch it up. Like if I, if I do it again, I usually try to do it somewhat differently, you know, put an outline around it or just like, just graphically, I don't know. And that's the part of the collaboration is like when I do the classroom things or the academic spaces, usually the teachers, the principals, the superintendents, the administration, like have some kind of buy-in, you know, like these are the themes we're interested in, or these are the books that we teach. You know, this is the curriculum in this classroom. And so then it's up to me to just kind of like, I don't know, take those things and make it interesting. As a career, as a body of work, what are you hoping to achieve? What are you hoping to convey? I'm trying to achieve a level of sustainability so that I can keep doing it. I want to be that 70-year-old man that's rolling up on, on mural sites and like talking to the young bucks that I, you know, are painting cool projects. Um, so sustainability, that's like my worry is because, you know, things are so fleeting in the art world, especially now, like we watch how things just evaporated for everybody in the art world. Um, but somehow things did shine through and opportunities have shined through for people in this time. So, you know, just being mindful of that, like, so that's what I want to achieve. You know, you said, you know, things dried up, um, but certain things, opportunities kind of came from that. How have you seen what you do change in order to respond to those opportunities? Um, well, you know, the things that I do, murals have always been a form of messaging. Uh, and I think messaging right now is super important. And whether that's through signs, whether that's through um, banners, uh, whether that's through painting boarded up windows, painting messages on the street, um, what have you, like, there's so much art in the art of protests or in, you know, like, even in signage right now, like, stay six feet apart, stay here, like the graphic design of it all, you know, like, there's just so many things that need to change that are in a graphic way that, you know, we have to navigate. So yeah, I, I think it's changed because the messaging is different. I hope that it, the opportunity for like, say artists or groups that say didn't quite have the opportunities exposed to them now do, or potentially can have those opportunities. So yeah, that's how I think things have changed. But for me, I've seen both sides of it because <laughs> like things went away, but then things also stayed. So like, this is just trials of the world, like larger corporations, those things stayed. Whereas like the smaller mom and pop jobs have been like, yo, wait, I got to hold up on this. You know, like, like I think pre COVID and pre sort of civil unrest here in America, like it was the, the expendable economy was there because everybody was busy. Everybody was going out like in Cincinnati, like all kinds of restaurants were opening. They want to do 
cool painted interiors, like the whole gentrification of neighborhoods allowed us to paint all kinds of stuff. Like all the guys that were painting graffiti outside are now painting murals inside these places. <laughs> so there's just lots of opportunities for lots of different people to be doing lots of different things. And then COVID came. And so then like all of those places, you know, now shut down. Nobody can go inside the restaurant and see these things. So it's all takeout, whatever. So that, that, that sort of market kind of slowed, you know, whereas like if you were doing jobs in like a big corporation, like I was painting up uh, that job I was talking about was on a, in a, in a larger company. And we started right before COVID, like two weeks before they shut everything down. So we painted for two weeks, got a portion finished. We shut ourselves down, but they kept going. <laughs> so like, it wasn't like I, I could have kept going in there, but like, I was like, do I want to go to a construction site every day with a bunch of dudes? And like, we didn't know anything like masks weren't, you know, like we just didn't know anything. So yeah, it was too early to know, but I could have continued, you know? So there's that where there was like people that couldn't continue and there's people that can't continue. So I just like feel blessed that like the opportunities were just there no matter what. And now I think like, now that we know that we have to navigate the world in a different way, I think those opportunities will start, start to come back for a lot of people, you know, like the boards are still up downtown and, you know, the murals are going to stay on the street and, you know, Hopefully that will just grow the attention to Do you think you're going to have to um, hit the email pavement and, and do a little extra promotion to be at the front of people's minds when uh, these opportunities do arise? I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm never, I don't want to say like, I, I don't, I always like, again, for me, it's all about relationships. Right. So if I'm like building relationships and, and whether there's work or not, um, in those relationships, like I'm still connecting and we're still like, you know, talking about potential opportunities or like when an opportunity comes across their plate, like I want, I want those people to think of me um, based on what we've done prior. Um, so that's, you know, setting it, setting it up for those things. So what does a typical day look like for you? Pre-COVID or? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's go with the, let's go with the new normal. The new normal, yeah. Um, so the new normal is I get up, I, I don't sleep very well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I'm a 5.30, 6 a.m. kind of riser. Um, I love that time in the morning. That's just like my time where I'm like focusing on my emails, drinking coffee, you know, just like kind of outlining the things I do on the daily. Um, then generally I would have... Uh, I had class online. I, I love morning classes. Um, so I teach 8.30 to like 11.20 or something like that, like five days a week. Um, sometimes I have an afternoon class. That was my schedule in the past spring. So I had 8.30 class and we interact with students and engage with them. And then I would like go back to checking the emails that I you know sent in the morning, maybe doing some research um, on projects, maybe doing some design time at that point, depending on what projects are going on um invoicing paperwork all those types of things so like because as running the business i you know I'm, I'm looking for jobs i'm doing the paperwork i'm you know ordering supplies doing whatever happens to be going on um and then i could potentially be painting on a project or on, on a project personal. yeah so like if if I, if it's a, if it's a project week then chances are by 2 p.m i'm generally on a on a paint site um, and if it's a non-paint week, that time would be design time. So I'm going to ask you something that I know pisses off a lot of artists. 
Um, but I have to ask just because the type of work you're doing is so large scale and so varied. So I'm going to ask you, like, what is the kind of scope of these projects in terms of timing? How long does it take to get a project to the point of paint to wall, let's paint say? Paint to wall. And then from paint to wall to finish. Like, how, how yeah. what are we looking at it, here? The spectrum is massive. So generally with larger corporations, um, six months, wow. four to six months from conception to design to getting it even on the wall. Some of the smaller jobs, like I just got off the phone with someone prior to you that was wanting to talk about something and like, they're like in the next four weeks. We were like, okay, like maybe that's doable. Um, you know, I mean, if, if I didn't have anything going on, I'd be like, yeah, totally. Um, but I mean, I have some other projects that are I'm in the midst of and so on and so forth. So then, so how do you divide your time? I mean, is it sort of a first come first serve kind of a thing? Is it, is like uh, these two projects yeah. up? I can take a third, but it's going to have to work around these other two. And it, it, it all depends on just like the calendar. Like if I'm scheduled to paint for three weeks at this big, huge job, like clearly the prep and stuff for that big job is going to take up a lot of time. So, you know, for example, um, I just came off of a two week job. We finished Friday. So we painted two weeks. Um, so I'm off this week. Again, navigating clients, invoicing, doing design, going to meetings for other jobs that are, you know, scheduled or planned. And then next week I'm out painting like Wednesday to Sunday. Now, would you ever consider, I mean, you've said that you've, at times you bring on people to shore up types of work that you may not be proficient at or, or, or be an expert at, but they contribute to your project, they collaborate. Would you ever consider taking a whole step back? from doing any of the actual work and actually just run this as sheer business and, and, and <sighs> it's funny. You, you're not the only one that's like asked me that, like literally um, like Chroma projects has had a couple different names and iterations up to this point. And uh, any of the people that I've kind of worked with up to that, this point had the same kind of questions <laughs> was like, why don't you just like stay at home and like, just be a manager and whatever else. And I'm always like, but dude, I'm an artist, you know, like deep down, I'm a maker of things, right? That's what this is all about, dude. Like I make shit and I want to get dirty and I want to paint the wall. And I, I don't want to sit at home behind my computer all the time. Uh, I need that sort of variation in my life. Um, and that's like the thing that I need, right? Like without that, I don't really want to do it sit at home and collect a paycheck and be that, be that asshole that I hate. <laughs> but I, I mean, whatever, that's still like the, 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 the little grain of punk in me, you know, but like, I just, uh, I don't know. I want to make stuff, you know, like the teachers I hated most or did the last, the least for me were the teachers that weren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, you know? And so me as the teacher and me as like, someone out in the world like i can't teach what i'm not doing or you know what i'm not thinking about so like if i'm trying to teach people to be a professional artist out in the world like i sure as hell better be one so what kind of advice would you give to somebody who wants to get into making murals and get into art again like do it like get out there and and make them even i painted tons of free murals and i'm not saying go paint free murals <laughs> but i i've so many, i can point to so many examples along the way 
of things that I would just do because I was like, this is awesome. I'm, I'm going to paint it. You know, my partner would be like, are you getting paid for that? And I'd be like, mm, a little bit. And they'd be like, oh. and I'm like, but you don't understand. Like, I gotta go paint this right now. Like there was a point in time when we were like, before everybody started really doing this, we were like, we're painting like headlines or news headlines or something. It was kind of weird. So like the Cincinnati Bengals, like Chad Johnson came to Cincinnati and there was like all this things. So like, I, we went out that night and we painted Chad Johnson all big on the wall. So that the next morning people will definitely call the news and be like, yeah, we painted this thing. Or like when Steve Jobs died, we like went out and painted a Steve Jobs mural like that night, you know? And like people woke up the next morning, just like little rogue renegade things to just be put on people's radar. And then when they're like, you know, I, we've done some community projects. Like we painted 12 city blocks on the ground. And that was a long, like, like literally like eight years ago. And it was like 1500 people. We were just like a part of this. Like my, my, my uh, collaborator at the time was like, he drew it all out on the road. We had teams filling it and like whatever else. And like those things snowball, like later on, we ended up doing another, like, have you ever painted the ground before? We're like, yeah, those guys did, you know, like it just sort of <laughs> like, it just sort of grows. And, and like I said, like Cincinnati, like had a lot of opportunities just kind of come of it through its growth over the last 10 years um, where I feel like just right time and right place, like been around a lot of people that are trying to do cool stuff. So where can people find out more about you? Uh, so you can find me uh, on my website, which is chromaprojects.com, chroma with a dash and then projects.com. The Instagram, uh, which is at Chroma Projects, which is all one word there. You know, uh, I have my own personal website, MatthewDaylor.com. So uh, Art Academy of Cincinnati is where I'm faculty. So you can look me up at all of those places. I'm pretty Googleable. <laughs> Googleable. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, that's where I can be found. Thank you so much for being on the show, Matt, and sharing with us how you make a living. Yeah, dude, I appreciate it. I want to get up to Canada and paint some murals. <laughs> Subscribe to Making a Living Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts. For more on the show, visit makingalivingshow.com or follow along on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Making a Living One. Making a Living Show is produced by Next Exit Media and hosted by me, Roby Levy. Thanks for listening.